Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. Today, we're going to be talking about something kind of funny. And we're going to be talking about when should you stop saving for retirement? There's so much advice out there and so many people talking about start saving for retirement and for good reason. But today, we're going to look at it from a perspective that I don't see talked about hardly enough. And that is when should you stop saving for retirement? And if it sounds weird for a financial planner to be telling people to stop saving for retirement, it probably is. But on today's episode, I'm going to show you why, if you don't stop saving, it could actually be hurting you in certain instances. Now, before we go any further, make sure that if you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. Please leave a review if you've been enjoying the content here and make sure to check us out on YouTube as well. All the episodes here are posted to YouTube as well as additional supplemental content as well. So you can check us out on YouTube at Root Financial Partners to supplement what we're talking about here on the podcast as well. Now, let's get to the show. Really what this comes down to, as we're talking about should you ever stop saving for retirement, a big part of this comes down to compound growth. Now, we all have heard of compound growth or compound interest, and it just is the fact that as you save, the money your money makes for you begins to become incredibly significant over time. Meaning when you first start saving, let's say you're listening to this at 20 years old or 25 years old or 30 years old, and you haven't saved anything yet. Well, as you begin your savings journey, it's mostly the new savings that's growing your account balance. It's really not a whole lot of growth happening. But at the latter end, as you're getting closer to retirement, after you've been saving and investing for several years and decades, even at that point, it's mostly market growth that's growing your account balance. So let's take a look at a quick example. Let's assume that from ages 25 to 65, you invest $10,000 per year into an investment account. Let's see what happens next. Well, after one year, you've invested $10,000 and it's grown to $10,800. Again, we're assuming an 8% growth right here just to keep things super simple. At the end of year one, you would have $10,800 in your account. So when you look at that, 92% of the increase in your account balance that year was due to your own contribution. The remaining 8% or so came from growth on your account balance. So as you can see, most of the growth there, most of the increase came from what you are putting in. After 10 years, your account balance would have grown to $144,000 if you continue to invest $10,000 per year and it grows 8% per year. Now, after the 10th year, you can see the numbers will start to change a little bit. Once you have that $144,000 in your account after that 10 years of compound interest, if you add another $10,000 to your account, that's great. But if the market grows by another 8%, the account itself is just going to increase in value by $11,520. So at that point, the growth on the account has begun to exceed the amount that you're putting in. So it's a 7% increase if you just divide the $10,000 contribution by the account value. But it's an 8% increase just from those dollars working for themselves. Now, after 20 years, that $10,000 per year, 8% per year, it has grown to $457,000. When you look at that the following year, you put another 10,000 in, but the 8% growth on that money would result in $36,560 of growth. 
So now you can see that the growth on the account is 3.6 times the amount that the contribution is at that point. The contribution itself, so the $10,000 contribution increases the account by 2% per year. The growth, of course, is still continuing at that 8% per year under these assumptions. And after 40 years, so in this example, from 25 to 65, in that 65th year, the account balance is $2.6 million. If you add another $10,000 to the account, that represents an increase in the account balance of a little less than four-tenths of 1%. So does it make a difference? Yes, but it is a marginal difference at that point. Compare that to if the portfolio grows by another 8% that year, that's a $208,000 increase in the value of the portfolio in that 40th year, meaning the increase just from market growth is over 20 times as much as the increase coming from that contribution to the account. Now, why does this matter? Is this just one big lesson in compound growth? No, it's not. It is a perspective change because so often our thinking when it comes to retirement is we go to work, we save, we defer, we retire, and then we enjoy it. It's very simple thinking and sometimes it gets the job done, but the question is at what cost? What are we sacrificing when our whole goal, and I'm not saying this is everyone, but a lot of times people's whole goal is how can I save as much and work as much and defer as much so that one day I can retire and actually enjoy it? Well, what are we saving for if not future consumption? We save and we invest and we use 401ks and Roth IRAs. We try to minimize taxes and we try to do things that make sense so that we can have a future consumption that we enjoy. Well, if our future consumption at some point gets met, what is the point of continuing? And it's a somewhat rhetorical question because there's still tax benefits to saving for retirement. There's still growth opportunities. There's always more things that we could spend money on, but not enough people stop and take an intentional look at where they are and where they want to be. And what it ends up doing is it ends up costing them enjoyment of some of the best years of their life. Let's say, for example, that your 50s are when you are at your peak earnings potential. Well, if you are spending your 50s maximizing everything you can save for retirement and do, putting everything away for the future and making sure that you're on track to retire, well, if you're actually already on track, all that extra saving and investing can be good but if it's costing you some great years when you could have taken a ton of wonderful trips, maybe the kids are in college at that point, or maybe there's some really cool things you want to do, or maybe that's when you have the most energy and the most time and the most resources to be able to fully experience life. If you spend those years only saving, you may be costing yourself something. So what are the benefits of stopping retirement savings? You know, as opposed to just saving every year, investing every year and waiting till retirement to really start enjoying some of this. What are the benefits of stopping? Well, the first one is it just comes with more balance. If more people could take this approach of sacrificing less today, or at least being intentional about what they're sacrificing today, but if they could enjoy today while still being prepared for tomorrow, I think a lot more people would have a much better go at it, would have a lot better sense of enjoyment along the way, as opposed to feeling as if there's some arbitrary day in the future where they will start to enjoy some of their funds. Maybe it's more travel today. Maybe it's more golf today. Maybe it's giving more generously today. Because by the end of your career, you may have a very healthy income. You've worked your whole life to get there. And if you're not able to enjoy it, you might look back with regret one day saying, I wish I had done more to enjoy that when I had. It also helps with longevity of work. I will tell a story. I've had, I've, well, this isn't just one story. This is multiple stories. I've had clients I've worked with who were burned out and they could not wait to get to retirement. 
They were working so hard and they're making healthy incomes and everything they were earning, they were saving because they were so ready for that next season. They're so ready for retirement. What did I prescribe them after looking at their situation, after going through their planning numbers, after seeing what they were on track for? My prescription was to stop saving for retirement. And a few of them, they they looked back at me with a blank stare as if I didn't hear anything they had just said. It was as if they were saying, James, we are trying to get to retirement as soon as possible. Why would you tell us to stop saving for retirement? Well, I did it because these particular clients were just burned out. At this point, even though they had a healthy client, it was all sacrifice and no fun. When they stopped saving for retirement, it didn't miraculously get into retirement sooner, but they became miraculously less burned out. Yes, they were still putting in long hours and had some stressful jobs, but they were able to start enjoying life outside of work a lot more at that point. And when they were able to start enjoying life outside of work more because they were able to do more with the income they were earning, all of a sudden that trade-off wasn't so bad. It wasn't just work hard and sacrifice. It was work hard and really enjoy the fruits of their labor. Now, they were able to do this because if we go back to that compounding growth example we started with, they had saved up enough in their retirement portfolio that at that point, it was primarily the growth on their portfolio that was driving the returns into a lesser extent, the new contributions they were putting in. And so looking at their situation, it wasn't as if they were still miraculously able to retire at the exact same time. But when we balanced the trade-offs and when we looked at this, what we saw was that if they stopped saving for retirement and if they were able to start enjoying what they were doing a little bit more, it increased the longevity of their work. It no longer was so difficult and so draining for them to continue working at the same pace because there was that benefit of being able to enjoy it that went along with that. So because of that, instead of being burned out and wanting to retire in the next year or so, they happily continued working for another two, three years at that point. So it's not as if just stopping your savings or stopping their savings still got them to the same place just as quickly. But when we looked at this trade-off of saying, can you continue working for longer if work isn't such a burden to you? And the answer was yes. And so by doing that for a couple of years instead of one more year, in other instances, maybe it's three more years or so, what that allows for is it allows for the portfolio to continue growing. And when we look at a compound growth rate on a much higher number, on a much bigger portfolio balance, they weren't even coming close to that growth rate in terms of the new contributions they were putting in. So what they did is they allowed their portfolio to continue working for them, and all they had to focus on was the longevity of how long they could stay at work. And when they knew that they could fully enjoy the fruits of their labor, they had no problem staying at work. And in fact, as soon as they started having some more fun, they miraculously became less burned out and retirement became much less of a priority for them. So they didn't, they, there wasn't a sense of deferred gratification. It wasn't as if there was this finish line that they were racing towards. They were able to go at a nicer pace, a smoother pace. And that pace and that wanting to be done no longer became such a big priority once they were able to start spending and stop sacrificing quite as much. So they were then able to enjoy their last few years of work. They did everything they wanted to because instead of maxing out their 401ks and other retirement plans, They redirected that to travel. They redirected that to fun. They redirected that to going out more often and enjoying themselves more. And because of that, they ended up having a healthier retirement balance at the end of the day because they ended up working longer. And those additional years of work allowed their portfolio to keep compounding far more than working for a shorter period of time, but really maximizing the savings into the investment accounts along the way. 
Now, this, of course, is just an example. This is just an anecdote of what's happened, but it can be incredibly powerful. So as you're listening to this, let's go through when can you stop thinking about saving for retirement? And again, this isn't something that everyone should do. This isn't something that everyone even is in a position to do. But there are some cases in which case I think it does make sense to stop saving for retirement because if you're doing so, it can end up costing you some things you'll want to do along the way. So what's the first thing that you can do? What's the first thing to look for that says, yes, you are in a position to stop saving for retirement? Well, the first one's kind of obvious. It's when you have enough. And everyone, you know, some people talk about what's your number? How much do I need to have? You can think of retirement in that way. And in episode 12, we kind of went through an exercise of talking about how do you know when you're in a position to retire? Well, once you hit that point, it's not bad to keep saving to your 401k. It's not bad to keep doing stuff like that, but you no longer have to. And once you're in a place where you no longer have to keep saving, it gives you full permission to say whatever income's coming in from work or any other sources Use that for fun. Use that for giving. Use that to create a better life for yourself or for someone else or for causes you care about because you already have enough if we're looking at just from the standpoint of enough to cover your needs and to cover the lifestyle you want to be able to live. The second instance where I think it makes sense to discontinue saving for retirement isn't necessarily when you are already there, but it's when you're on track to be there. So for example, maybe you determine that you need two and a half million dollars in your portfolio to be able to retire at 62. And maybe today you're 55 years old with two million dollars in your portfolio. Well, you could keep saving to get that two million to two and a half million as soon as possible. But if your goal is not to retire until 62, let's just look at what would happen if you completely stopped saving. Well, if you stopped saving and you have two million dollars today and you have seven years to go until you want to retire, If you work backwards, you'll find that with a 3.25% growth rate on your portfolio, you will be at that $2.5 million mark. Meaning, you don't need to put any more dollars into your portfolio. If you could just get 3.25% growth on your portfolio, you are very much on track. Now, is that a guarantee? Absolutely not. You cannot guarantee it. Is it likely? Yes, it is very likely that you could get 3.25% if you're invested the right way when you have seven plus years until you need to be able to do that. Now, because of that, you just do need to keep an open mind that if you want to be sure that you don't work a day past 62, you might want to keep saving to your portfolio because there's no guarantee that you get that growth rate. If though you say, yes, 62 is kind of my goal, but I wouldn't mind 63 and 64. And then I also wouldn't mind being able to spend more today, travel more today, golf more today, spend more time doing things that are fun today. Well, if you have some flexibility, then it might not hurt to stop saving and to redirect those funds to something that's really enjoyable or fun for you. Now, be smart about this and do this within reason. If you're putting money into your 401k and your employer is going to give you a free match, it's hard to turn away from that. If there's free money on the table, maybe you just lower your contributions to take full advantage of that, but decrease the extra contributions, knowing that good market rate growth or even just sub-average growth in the market is probably enough to carry you to where you want to be. The third place where you could consider discontinuing saving for retirement is when you feel as if you're sacrificing the important things today. There are clients that I've had where they felt as if work was preventing them from being there with the birth of their first grandchildren, or maybe there was health issues and they know they only had a limited amount of time that they could really enjoy themselves and travel and have the health and have the energy to do some of those things. Well, In that case, we just had the honest conversation of what's more important to you. 
Is it retiring as soon as possible? Or is it being able to do some of these fun things today, even if it means working a little bit longer, but not having to save quite as much along the way? So this is really the big one, is if you feel as if you're sacrificing important things today, and I'll define important things as things that you can never get back, whether that's missing time with young grandchildren, whether that's missing travel, whether that's missing time with family, or really things that you're not going to be able to get back again, that is where you need to take a good, long, hard look at does work continue to make sense for you. Because so often retirement is all about hitting this number for people. They obsess over it. They sacrifice for it. They save and they invest and they just cannot wait to hit that number. And then they hit it. And then they realize this is kind of anticlimactic. You know, one day their portfolio balance just says $1 million or maybe it says $5 million or whatever their goal was. But nothing changes. Life goes on. They still go to work. The, the, no one jumps out and says congratulations to them. Maybe the goalposts even move. And now $1 million goal turns into $1.5 million goal. And now when I'm be there, I'll be happy. And the $5 million goal turns to $7.5 million. And when I get there, I'll be happy. But what they start to realize is that every time they hit it, it becomes increasingly more anticlimactic. And if they do that for long enough, that's when the regrets start setting in. Of this financial goal that they were laser focused on, they reach it, but they miss the bigger purpose. They miss the important things along the way. And so if you look at your situation, you feel as if you're sacrificing important things today, that could be a great time to put the brakes on and start to think about retirement as a whole and retirement savings to see if it maybe makes sense to discontinue saving for retirement if that would put you in a position to be able to do some of the things today that you want to make sure that you could do. The fourth instance when it makes sense to discontinue saving for retirement is if there's no legacy goals or other goals above and beyond retirement. You know, if, if a goal like legacy or supporting grandchildren's college or being able to give money away to causes or charities that you care about, if those aren't really important to you, then once you have enough to fund your retirement, I will say again, it's not bad to keep doing that, but it is bad to keep doing that if it's costing you some of the things that you really do care about along the way. So if legacy or other goals are really important to you, well, then even once you've reached your retirement goals, it's not bad to keep saving and keep investing because it's not just for you that you're doing that. It's for future generations and it's for your children and your children's children and it's for causes and charities and things that are important to you. That's where it can make sense to keep saving. But if none of that's important to you and you've reached all of your other goals or your retirement goals, that's when you could consider discontinuing retirement savings. And then the fifth place where it could make sense to stop saving for retirement is if you don't need the tax benefits. You know, even if you have enough to retire, but you're in a high income tax bracket, you still might want to max out your 401k. It's not just about saving for retirement. It's not just about the investment benefits. It also does, of course, help from a tax side. Now, if you don't need the tax benefits and you are on track for retirement already, or you're already in a position where you could do so, then that's the point where you can look at retirement savings and view them as optional as opposed to something that you should keep doing. So in summary, I think that the point of this episode is don't let retirement be the all-consuming goal. Let an aligned life be the goal. And an aligned life is measured by understanding what's important to you, understanding what's valuable to you, and living in such a way and investing in such a way and allocating resources in such a way that the things that are most valuable to you are the things where you are devoting your time, attention, and finances. So ask yourself, what are your main goals? What are your main values, both today and in retirement? Then make sure that you're living in a way that supports that. And living also means 
investing and allocating and spending. So sometimes it's hard to do this on your own. If it is, reach out to a coach, reach out to a financial planner. Sometimes that's one of the biggest values they have is having an objective third party that can give you perspective and really help to shape this. Because one of the most heartbreaking things that I'll see is a person that is so well prepared for retirement financially, but they completely missed the ball in terms of understanding what a fulfilling, what a purpose-filled, what an enjoyable retirement actually looks like for them so they have all the money in the world to do whatever they want, but they just can't figure out what that thing is that's going to provide them the most amount of meaning and enjoyment. So that is it for today. Again, make sure that you check us out on YouTube. The channel is Root Financial Partners. Make sure you subscribe to this show. Leave a review if you would. I love getting your feedback for those of you that are sending me emails. Thank you as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.